Psalms 90. And before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight thanking you for the opportunity to gather and to meet. Lord, the provisions that you've given to us to, to fill our stomachs and to the rain that you've given to the farmers. And those little farmers like myself they just have the little places that, that need rain. Lord, we're thankful that, that you are from everlasting to everlasting. That you're eternal. No beginning of days, no end of days. You are forever. And we know, Lord God, that only forever God can lead us and guide us and, and take us to that destination that we long for. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for bringing us back safely. We lift up Sister Patsy to you tonight, who is desperately needing to, to see a doctor and to, to have tests ran. Lord, we ask that you would make those things happen. Lord, you have shown time and time again how, how gracious you are through that humble servant, Sister Patsy. And so we pray, Lord, that you would give her strength tonight as she's with Kenny and Nelson, that they would have a blessed evening together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's get right into it. Psalms chapter 90. I'm going, to, I'm going to read it, and then we will start from there. This is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and it withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? And then he goes into a prayer here from 12 to 17. And listen to what it says. And this is a prayer that we need to focus in on tonight as we get a, go into prayer time. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. 
Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. May God bless the reading of His Word. Remember, as we look at this, this is a psalm of Moses. This is one of the oldest psalms. Uh, We know that Moses was the writer of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And also here in the Psalms we have a record of him popping up here. So we have to think when we look at a Psalm of Moses, when we think about Moses and his life, what are we going to be considering? Well, it's not David that we're considering, right? When we look at the Psalms of David, we remember David's life. We remember him being a shepherd, okay? We remember him doing all these, these fights and all these different things and all these different wives and, and children and all of this turmoil that David had in his life. But David wasn't Moses. Moses was a totally different person. And so when we think about this, we have to view it in context of Moses, the man of God. In 15 it says, Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Now, when we read that verse just in 15, we see that, man, this is a a bizarre passage of Scripture just to look at it. But when you look at it in light of Moses, we see where Moses and the children of Israel, they were in bondage. He left, he was a murderer, and he came back to pull them out. Then they wandered in the desert. And so when we look at this and we place this in context, we have to remember, this is Moses. We remember the life of Moses. Y'all remember the life of Moses, everybody? Okay, so as we go through this, I want you to think about Moses. Moses was born of Jochebed. Moses was a man that was, was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He knew all the ancient arts. He was, he was schooled in all of those things, but yet he chose rather to what? To live a life with his people, right? And then he kills a man. Kills a man, then he leaves, he goes out into the desert... He finds a woman, marries her, becomes a shepherd over his father-in-law's sheep, Jethro. After which we know that the Lord appears to him in the burning bush. Says, take your shoes off, you're standing on holy ground. By the way, you're going to deliver your people and my people. You're going to deliver them out of the hand of Pharaoh. So he goes back and he does it so on and so forth. We remember the story. So with that being the backdrop, we see here chapter 90, and he says right here in verse 1, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. You have been our dwelling place in all generations. So when we think about a dwelling place, what do we think about? Well, I think about my dwelling place... Right next door. 2914. 
Right? 2914 4th Street, Jonesville, Louisiana, 71343. My dwelling place. But we have to remember as children of God, our dwelling place is not in an address, but in a person. And so Moses here says this. Remember, Moses moved and he moved and he moved and he moved. And we see him scattering all over the place. Even when they got into the desert wandering, he was never in one place. The Lord would pick up and leave and so the whole tribe would have, all the tribes would go with him. And so his dwelling place is not in a place. It is not in an address. But it is in a person. We know as Christians that our dwelling place is not in some address, earthly address that we have here. But we long, we long to be with the Lord. Anybody um, think that that's accurate? Do you long to be with the Lord? After I saw what I saw, if that's proper English, I don't remember. It's been 22 years since high school. After I saw what I saw when I was in California and when I was in Las Vegas, I'm telling you something. I'm glad I live right here. <laughs> I am glad I live right here, but better than that, I'm glad that I have a dwelling place in the hand of God, protected and wrapped up in the love of Christ Jesus. That is my dwelling place. It, that is my dwelling place, and I cannot stress that enough. And so he starts, he starts off in verse 1 with this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Not an address, but a person. The Lord God Almighty. Verse 2, then he goes and he establishes that dwelling place and and, and where that dwelling place comes from, and it has no origin. Listen to what it says in verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth. What's he talking about here? He's, he's going back to creation. He wants this. Remember, this was Moses. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. He wrote the beginning. God gave it to Moses to write. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Remember that? And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and it was good. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening, the morning, the first day. Y'all remember that? Moses wrote that. That was Moses. And so here he goes back to that, and he says, from the very beginning, listen to what he says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth, and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are God Moses now turns our attention to the eternality of that dwelling place the Lord God Almighty and that dwelling place is an everlasting dwelling place. It is not a dwelling place made by hands, but it is wrapped up in the person of Christ Jesus. This is who we're talking about. He is our dwelling place. Moses knows this full well, and he writes it. He had insight. He had the first five books of the Bible. And in the first five books of the Bible, Moses shows us it's not just the law. Yeah, he wrote the law. 
inspired by God. But his hope was not in the law. It doesn't say, Lord, or law, you have been our dwelling place in all generations, does it? It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. And so right here we see where Moses is is calling out this dwelling place. And it is in a person and not an address. And then in verse 2, it's by itself there and it shows us that that dwelling place is not something that is built with hands, but it is eternal. It is eternal. Having no beginning of days, no end of days, from everlasting to everlasting. And this should, this should encourage the saints of God. Why would, it, why would that encourage us? I'll tell you why. Because he's not some God that has been built like Dagon by hands. But he was from before the beginning. Our Lord is eternal. And only an eternal God can save fallen man. Because he has to be before man in order to save him. Right or wrong? And so here Moses is is stressing the beginning. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. And then he says this, he has resolved in his heart just as David does in the other Psalms. And when I tell you he has resolved, he calls it out right here and he says, before there was anything, the Creator, and then he says, you are what? God. He has resolve. There's nothing, there's no getting around that. His heart was resolute in the fact that the Lord God Almighty was from everlasting to everlasting. Verse 3. Verse 3 through 10 shows us truly how, how short life is. Um, my, coach, my coach from high school, my football coach, put a video on the other day of me scoring a touchdown. It was, it was pretty cool to watch. Me at 18 running. As fast as I did, and I told Casey, I said, me at 40 could not keep up with me at 18. Ain't no way possible. It just ain't going to happen. And I looked down at the, at the date, and it was September the 22nd of 2000. And I was thinking to myself, wow, 22 years have flown by. At 18 years old, I was called to preach. And I was running from the call to preach when I was carrying that football that night. I can remember it. 22 years passes by, and Moses here, in this account, he goes into 3, verses 3 through 10, and he shows us truly what life is. Tommy Champlin showed me a yearbook not too long ago when he had hair. He was on the front page of it with Bonnie. Right? Had all these pictures in the yearbook. All these accolades. 
All of these things. But one thing that stood out to me, Tommy. It was more than 22 years ago. It was more than 22 years ago. But one thing that stood out to me was that you had hair. And when I looked at my video and when I looked at pictures of when I was 18, I had more hair then too. And it shows us what? It shows us that life comes and life goes. And it is really fast. It's really fast. Remember when you two were homecoming king and queen? Were y'all that? King and queen? Captain and queen, you remember that? Do you remember that night? You remember that night, Bonnie? Dressed up? Makeup? You maybe even pinched your face a little bit to get that blush? Hair done, Tommy shaved, parted. But listen to what listen to what Moses says. And he ain't he ain't pulling no punches here. I mean, he's telling us straight. This is what he tells us about us. He says that God is everlasting, and then he says this, because of the fall, we are not. Verse 3. By the way, Shirley had a birthday today. Time goes on. Yesterday. Time goes on, doesn't it? Listen to what it says. You return man to dust and say... The Lord returns man to dust. In other words, He calls us home. It's in His time, in His will, when He calls us home. He does that. And it says, return, O children of man. He calls us home. Because of the fall, our flesh dies. We cannot get around that. We cannot stop that no matter what we try to do. If you get on Facebook today, and this is something that has really bothered me, and I see this a lot nowadays, and I am, I am a big, I, 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 want, I want people to be healthy. I want to be healthy myself. But there's a difference in taking care of yourself and making an idol out of taking care of yourself. I get on Facebook today or yesterday or whatever, Casey's got it, and I see these ads and these ladies and men, they're, they're in CrossFit. And they're doing things with their bodies that I've never seen people do before. They're running and jumping and squatting and doing all of this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, that lady shouldn't have muscles like that. That's weird. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It doesn't even look right. And what is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's idolatry. It is idolatry. It's, it's idol worship of the flesh. Thinking somehow that we can prolong our days if we just do something extra. The scripture teaches us very, very clearly that bodily exercise profits very little. But spiritual exercise has profit in this life and also what? In the life to come. And so we cannot stop us returning to the dust. It's just, that's not possible. It just isn't. Return. The Lord says, return, O children of man. You notice how he ends that passage. He says, of man. Return. 
He's talking about of man, of Adam. Man is a few days and full of trouble. His days come and then they go. He says this, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday. You ever start vacation and you say, you know vacation's going to end, but I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. And that's on the first day and the last day comes and you're like, man, that flew by. You remember that? I remember yesterday. That happened to me yesterday or the day before. I remember that. It flies by. It's but yesterday when it is past. That's a thousand years to the Lord. Or as but yesterday. And so here we have how, life, how short life is. And he's going to give us multiple examples. And the examples are as of but yesterday. He's going to give us an example of a watch in the night as a flood, uh, as a dream, as grass. He's going to give us these examples and he's going to show us truly how short life is. Now, if you are depressed by hearing this, I have good news for you. And that is this. God's Word does not lie. And if we die in the Lord, we are present with the Lord. That's the good news. But as far as the test goes, I'm sorry, we all die. Listen to what it says. For a thousand years in your sight is but yesterday when it is past... Or as a watch in the night. A watch in the night. Can anybody tell me how long that was? In your notes you'll have it. What, three hours? As a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. Let me tell you something about this passage of Scripture. My ditch in the front of my house fills up. You cannot keep the trash out of it. Everybody in Jonesville seems to pitch out their beer cans in my front yard. And they, you got some of them too. Well, they all make it down to my ditch. And when they make it down to my ditch, and then it rains, I tried picking all of it up, by the way, and as soon as you pick it up, you turn around and there's another one right back. As soon as it rains, it all goes through my culvert to the second culvert, then to the third, and then it goes down the ditch and out to the river. And it's just that fast. It washes it out. Listen to what the scripture says. You sweep them away as with a flood. In the blink of an eye, it's gone. In the blink of an eye, the 18-year-old body that I wish I still had ain't with me anymore. (laughs) It just ain't. It just isn't. You sweep them away as with a flood. They're like a dream. I had a dream last night. Several of you were in it. I have some really messed up dreams when I'm very, very tired. And they're just about as random as you can get. Several of you were in my dream last night. I dream about the church. I dream about Islam. I don't know why. I dream about the news. I dream about food shortages and all sorts of different things and preaching. And it just... I go to sleep. I have this dream. It seems like in the dream... It is lasting forever. But then I wake up and it seems as but uh, 30 seconds. Y'all know what I'm talking about when we think about dreams. 30 second dream. 
You can't even hardly recall it. And this is what we see here as life and time in the eyes of the Lord. It says, they are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. And in the morning it flourishes and it is renewed. In the evening it fades and it withers. I started yesterday morning working on my garden, which had not been touched for two weeks. I had grass waist deep inside of my garden. And instead of pulling that grass out, I took a weed eater to it. I've never in my life used a weed eater in a garden. Never. But it was that bad. I took my weed eater to it. And I knew that if I weed eated that yesterday morning, then by the evening it would be frail enough and dried up enough that I could run my tiller through there and it wouldn't connect to my tiller. So I weeded it down and sure enough it was, it was shriveled up and it was dried up and this is the analogy that he's making here. It comes up and then it goes down. Life is short guys. It is short. In the morning it flourishes and, and is renewed and in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. Because of sin, because of the fall, these things we are brought to an end. And in verse 18, it should make every one of us tremble. You've set our iniquities before you. You know, we can hide our sins from a lot of people, but we cannot hide them from the Lord, can we? And this is where it gets tough. We can't hide them from the Lord because we can justify, we can justify just about every single sin that we could do. We could justify it. And say, well, I had this reason for it, or I had that reason for it. Satan, of course, is demons and the world around us and even our flesh will justify those things, those actions. But at the end of the day, what they are is sin. And listen to what the Bible says. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence or in the light of your glory. Remember Moses? Moses, what did he do? He killed the man, didn't he? He killed him. He took off running. He ran and he got away. He knew that the Pharaoh was after him. He knew that the children of Israel knew it. But for a little while it was a secret for him. But the Lord knew it. The Lord knows our secret sins, our little pet sins. Anybody ever have struggles with their pet sins? You call them by name, they belong to you. I do. Can anybody, by show of hands, confess that? Debo, she is like, she is over there confessing it. I don't call them by name. Don't call them by name? No, yeah, yeah, I know. I would say that because of a pet, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to know your secret sins. I don't. I don't want to know them. 
Because I have my own heart that I have to contend with. I don't want to know yours. What I want you to do with your secret sins is to get rid of them. That's what I want. But here's the news. You can't do it by yourself. If you're struggling with them, you're going to continue to struggle with them until you turn them over to the Lord. Period. Period. And so these secret sins we know will bring us down to the ground. It'll bring us down. It, 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 they will destroy us. And we cannot hide them because the glory of God exposes them in our life. Even though they may not be exposed to the people around us, they are exposed in the inner man and you can't get away from them except you hand them over to the Lord God Almighty. Plain and simple. I was, I was thankful to hear a minister at Hope Church in Las Vegas. I know Chad and Amy's went over there before. I was thankful to hear him preach to a congregation of a thousand people. And he preached about sin. And he preached about Jesus. And he preached about the hope that we have in Christ. I was thankful he didn't sugarcoat it. So there are still faithful people speaking to big crowds, preaching the true gospel. Just as there is here tonight in a, in a small room. Sin will kill you. We have to turn them over to the Lord. Listen to what it says here. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Can y'all sigh for me just one time? <sighs> that was a good sigh, Jerry. You had your facial expression and everything there. <sighs> That's how quick our life is. The years of our life are 70. Or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. In other words, that translates out as, as pride. Or as Solomon likes to call it, vanity and vexation. Chasing after the wind. Fleeting, prideful, vanity. Toil and trouble. And then it says this, They are soon gone and we fly away. They are soon gone and we fly away. What's that talking about there? Somebody tell me about what that means. Those days are soon gone and we fly away. What's that mean? Anybody just shout it out. We die and what happens? We go to the Lord. That's right. So whereas life is short, eternity is not. Eternity is not. And when we leave here, we are with Him. We fly away and we know in the great resurrection day that our bodies will join up with our spirits and we will have a glorified body that is completely incorruptible, that is perfect as Christ. But here it says, they are soon gone and we fly away. I want you to think about who's speaking here. Who's speaking? Moses. Moses. You reckon Moses believed... 
in sin and in death, the grave. You reckon he believed in the resurrection? You reckon he believed that his secret sins were before the Lord and that he knew that he needed a Savior? I guarantee you he did. The law even testifies to it. In the volume of the book, it is written of me, is what it says. Moses knew these things. He knew them all too well. Leaving him without excuse. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? We get wisdom when we fear the Lord, right? To fear Him. To fear Him in reverence. To fear Him... I mean, there's a whole host of different ways how we fear the Lord. And then in 12 through 17, a prayer emerges and it's a, it's a beautiful prayer. And listen to what it says. And I want us to, I want us to key in on this as we pray, as you pray in your, in your private time. Listen to what it says. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Lord, we pray. He's saying, Lord, we pray that we would be able to redeem the time. We know that it is short. Help us redeem the time so that we may be able to work for you and receive wisdom from your word. Because our life is but a vapor. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. People don't want to stop and think about how old they are because it's depressing. I'm fixing to turn 40. Don't like that. But it tells us to number our days. Show us. Help us to redeem that time. Help us to see that life is fragile. And that our days are short. And then when that happens, act accordingly. If you think on these things, I promise you'll receive wisdom from them. So he says, he's praying this, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And in verse 14, I can't help but to think as they wandered through the wilderness, that each and every morning that they went out, with the exception of the Sabbath, or, yeah, with the exception of the Sabbath, each and every morning that they went out, they would go out, and it was, it was obvious that the Lord loved His people because every day there was fresh manna from heaven, was there not? On the ground. Steadfast love. God's love, even in their rebellion, His love never failed. It just didn't. Every morning was new. And every morning there was food. Every morning there was provisions. And if that's not steadfast love, I don't know what is. He never left them. Listen to what it says here as we move forward. 
Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And I see really two things here in this. I see, I see um, each and every day, but I also see someone that is young. Someone that is saved by God's grace at a young age. That they may be able to pray this. Listen to what it says as I read it again. Satisfy, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And when I look on this passage, not only do I think about myself and going out and every day getting that, getting that manna or that bread from heaven and, and really focusing in on, in on that, but I think about my young Ruthie, who, who's... The Lord has poured out her love on, poured out his love on her. And each and every day, each and every day that continues to go to her. And I pray, I pray that she would continue to seek, seek the Lord all, all of her days. It says here in verse 15, Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. And for as many years as we have seen evil. What's he talking about? Remember how long they were in Egypt? Remember how long they were, they were afflicted? They were taken there for a reason. They were taken into bondage for a reason in the book of Exodus. And so that was the Lord that would bring them out and that he would receive glory. He was pulling apart his people from the world to establish them in a desert to grow them so that they could serve him. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. I pray this for my kids. That our Lord's glorious power would be shown to them. Just as it was shown to Moses and the generations to come. Then in verse 17 he says this, and we know we can pray for God's favor. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. We can actually pray this. Now Moses didn't get to go into the promised land, did he? But he did get to see it. He saw it from afar. The Lord was with Moses and walked with Moses, talked with him, guided him, gave him the divine instructions, gave him the first five books of the Bible for us to learn and to know and to receive wisdom by. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so in 12 through 17 there, you have this prayer that